Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxin, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Taoism to uncover its timeless wisdom and discuss how to apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm David Wang, Executive Coach. I'm joined by my co-host Ian Felton, practicing psychotherapist. Good morning, Ian. Hey, David. How are you? Not too shabby. How about yourself? <laughs> very good. Very good. Good. So today, I you know really look forward to、uh, talking to you about technology and especially the Taoist view on technology. You know, we are living in a world where where technology is everywhere, and、uh, you know it's part of us, or maybe increasingly, they are we are part of them. <laughs> We're part of it. So、um, yeah, just to get the conversation started, you know, I'm wondering, I'm curious about how technology impacts your personal life overall. Well, I think just like with most people, it's really difficult to to separate my life from technology at this point. It's very difficult to imagine. What life would be like without technology? I think that there, it's it's become so intertwined now. I mean, even like right now as we speak and we do our podcast, can you like? It's hard to imagine what would the substitute be if there were no technology. I mean, right, right, a different state. We wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing these without technology. So it wouldn't even be. Possible, and so obviously, without technology, our lives would be unrecognizable. And even you know, people who like you and I, who grew up and and we were we were born at a time where technology was still relatively. Mild compared to today. I mean, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have.、Um, I mean, mainly the 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 internet, but we didn't have three、um, hundred cable TV channels and that sort of thing. So we can still probably imagine more. I mean, I can imagine life without technology, mainly from my childhood, because、mm-hmm. we didn't have a lot. I mean, I, I remember when. We got our first color TV.、Mm. What? When was it? I think、Do、I remember. Five, yeah, five, five or six years old. Mm-hmm.、Uh, mm-hmm. But for most of my childhood, I mean, we were we had very spark. Like, didn't have a dishwasher. I remember, like, when we got a microwave for the first time, and yes, you know, their their technology was still pretty. Basic compared to today, but so you know, I can kind of imagine life without technology. But when I think about how pervasive technology is in my life now, I mean it's it's one and the same. Life is technology, and technology is life.、Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely.、Uh, before we talk about that aspect, the pervasiveness of technology. You know, just based on what you just shared, it sounds like technology did 
you know, has been creating new possibilities, right? Like the the fact that uh, you know we're in different places and we're able to talk, and then uh, you know we're, then we're able to use you know the platform to share with you know listeners around the world. I mean that in itself is a is a, is a, a amazing thing. Yeah, I, I mean obviously. I'm grateful for technology in mm-hmm. in that sense that it's clearly something that I'm I'm using in a way to bring more meaning to to my life. Now, would I have something equally as meaningful without technology? I mean, again, who who knows? There was um, a really interesting quote that I saw this morning, and I think that this, it, it kind of is putting more clarity into, you know, maybe some of the things that we can discuss, but this, this particular quote says, electronic aids, particularly domestic computers, will help the inner migration the opting out of reality. Reality is no longer going to be the stuff out there, but the stuff inside your head. It's going to be commercial and nasty at the same time. Now, that was someone called J.G. Ballard, and he wrote that in ni- 1982. Mm. Wow. And, and, yeah, so 40, 40 years ago, and I, I mean, I can't help but think he was anything other than completely accurate. Right. He's kind of, uh, you know, prophetic, right? The, you know, mm-hmm. like a prophet in some way. Totally. I mean, because, I mean, that's exactly what we're doing, right? Like, he, even with what we're doing right now, you know, we're, we're, we're really stimulating more that internal realm of thinking and reality than external, you know, like I'm. I'm lying in my bed comfortably. My external world has basically been completely removed and it's just kind of shrunken down to this reality that you and I are creating with technology at this moment. That's really more of a internal thing. And, and I don't know exactly what he was imagining, but obviously with things like the metaverse augmented reality, our personalized social media feeds, all of that. I mean, it's exactly what what he said is exactly what's happening. It's just we're all living inside a reality created by our own tastes and technology is delivering that to us. And 10 years from now, as augmented reality and virtual reality continues to be more and more pervasive, it's like, yeah, we're just going to be living inside our own heads. Right, right. Uh, do you think that you know human beings are, have always been like that in some way? Like, if we think, say, technology more broadly, you know, in our age, you know, is the computer, the internet, the social media, uh, in you know, in, in that kind of uh, form of technology, way back, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe like books, right? Mm, yeah. Oh, maybe uh, a little bit closer to us, radio and TV and then books. 
way way back, you know, what would that be like a cave painting? Is that a way to externalize our inner world in some way by putting something on the on the wall of a cave? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. It's like, are we are we living inside our own heads, or、mm. or are we learning to put what's inside our own heads and paste it out? Right. Of reality in a in a more and more almost、yeah. like in an accelerating and more magnified way.、Mm-hmm. You know, at first, you know the our ancestors, you know they have they had their ideas, imaginations, like emotions, right? So because of the limited medium, they were able to just you know. Did what they did, right? With、mm-hmm. what we what they had. Nowadays, it seems like crazier and crazier. It's more, yeah, yeah. They couldn't they couldn't carry the cave around with them. But if they could, would they? And obviously, the answer is yes, because that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to take technology and we're going to project our own. It's going to be a reflection of our own opinions, tastes, desires, and wants are going to be projected out onto reality all the time. Right, right, right. So, you know, on the one hand, it seems like a natural evolution, or the human,、um, you know, it's like a trajectory, right? But I sense that within me, and also from. You know, lots of talked about technology. There seems to be some fear there. So I was wondering, you know, what's your view on those fears of technology? Is it well founded, or is it something that,、um, you know, it's、uh, you know, it's really irrational fear about technology? It's just part of human evolution. What do you think? I think it's both, and and、mm. so. the The reason why is that technology can't fundamentally change the nature of the universe because you know it's the the nature of the universe is still greater than technology. So another way of saying that is that technology can't destroy Dow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that being said, you know. What it, what might it do? And I and I think the biggest fear for me would would be technology being used to enslave people, which I think it's already enslaving the minds of people without a doubt. It's 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 being utilized more and more to carve out individual thinking. Or critical thinking and and really spoon feeding people based upon their own leanings, and so to that extent, we're kind of it, it's being used to create this feedback loop where then people's own tastes and biases enslave themselves.、Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the biggest fear is that you know globally. Governments, corporations are getting 
closer and closer being intertwined, you know, just like how, you know, people believe that in China that it's the government censoring everything on WeChat and and all these places. And it's like, well, it's actually technology company employees doing the censoring, but because there's such a, a tight coupling between the two, they the companies do it because they know that that's what the government wants them to do. And it's like, well, it's the same in the U.S., right? Like, go mm-hmm. to any major social media platform, and it's the same thing. There's all kinds of censorship that happens on our social media platforms and it's the same thing, right? Like the, the, it's the tech, there's not government employees sitting in Twitter and Facebook removing the content. The companies are doing it themselves, but they're obviously doing it knowing that that's kind of what's aligned with what the government wants. So, um, it's the same thing here. So, but, but the fear is, if those um, governments become even more and more sophisticated in how they're using propaganda and censorship and the social media companies and data and smartphones, et cetera, that uh, essentially people become more and more robotic, automatons, not thinking for themselves, not um, questioning anything, and then coupling that with now perhaps a, an augmented reality that paints some additional messages in the environment, well, you know, people will feel very free because all those messages are going to have originated from their own heart's desires. But what they're not going to necessarily recognize is that it's being used to just kind of distract them from the time that they were born until the time that they die, really just being kind of enslaved, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not even knowing it. So it's, it, it sounds like uh, the fear, you know, it's, it's, it's not baseless. I mean, the fear has, uh, you know, uh, grounds or origins from, you know, all these, um, what's happening that, you are describing. Do you believe that people will eventually fight back or they have the ability to to push back on these once they, you know, experience the the consequences of that or the 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 pains or the bad effects of those technology? Do you believe that people have that ability or they will be. It's just a matter of time, because when things are seems you know in history when things were new, um, you know I remember reading about the the machineries in the factories. Um, you know when you know at the early age of the industrialization, you know people really, yeah, their lives were mm. impacted by you know they're enslaved by those, but eventually through legislations and, you know, movements, uh, you think people will say, we have enough of that, you know, we need to bring some balance. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting, because again, kind of looking at 
back at how technology doesn't transform the nature of Tao. And so if, if we look mm-hmm. at how the course of humanity has unfolded, it's going to be the same stuff, but it's just going to look much different because of technology. So when we look back at, at what happens with humanity, we're going to see all the same things. We're going to see civil wars. We're going to see global wars. We're going to see, um, yes, labor movements where people have Mm -hmm. to resist, you know, being squashed by the, you know, the corporation, the industrialists, which are now going to be the, you know, tech companies and, um, and so on and so forth. We're going to see all of that. It's going to be the same stuff that we've seen throughout history, but it's going to look drastically different because of technology. But yeah, it's all going to happen. And right. Uh, when you say dr- drastically happen, how different this drowned? Well, technology that we have now is just such an amplifier and, and connector Mm-hmm. that I think it's going to be a lot more dramatic and more global. So, you know, it, it almost feels like this time around, it's going to be like the combination of everything. So like global nations warring, but those nations also at war with their own citizens at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what that will lead to. Yeah, I mean, it would be really bizarre, right? Because there would be, you know, even what's happening right now in Ukraine, this proxy war between U.S. and Western interests and and Russia, which, you know, obviously also interests China and India and, and, and other Iran, that that is going to be happening while at the same time nations are on the verge of warring with their own citizens, like Iran, mm-hmm. the revolution there, you know, people talking about civil war in the United States, how I don't think we're as close to it as what the media, I think the media again is really reckless and um, shouldn't even be giving voice to it. But I guess I am right now too. So maybe I'm being a bit of a hypocrite there, but, uh, (laughs) but no no one's listening to me in the same way that they're listening to the media. And obviously I'm saying it in a cautionary way that, you know, I don't think that we're um, ready to kill each other the way that, you know, the media wants us to, to think at least in the, in the U S. Um, so, you know, I do think that it's going to look a lot more dramatic merely because everything's so connected. I mean, there's screens around the world. So as things get destabilized more and more, um, you know, because realistically, you know, the, 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 the supply chains and the way that everything was connected and running pretty smoothly there, you know, between 2009 and COVID, you know, that decade 
I mean, I don't know that we'll ever get back to that again just because things have changed so much. So um, I just think that it's going to look a lot more dramatic because of the ability, you know, when the revolution will be televised. I mean, there it's we we see all of the things happening around the world all the time and so it's 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 playing out in in real time in a way that we've never seen before right uh i wonder to what extent is about us to what extent is about the technology itself because you know and i've heard you know such a debate on whether technology you know is uh good you know, bad or neutral. Uh, you know, before this podcast, uh, because we are talking about the you know tech, Taoist view about technology. So mm. I reread you know part of the you know what Zhuangzi wrote. So mm. maybe I could I could share that little piece with uh, our listeners, and then we can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. Um, this is one passage from, um, you know, from the um, Zhuangzi. Um, so the story is a little bit like this. Um, there's a, a character, a, a person whose name is Zigong. Actually, Zigong is the one of the students uh, with Confucius. Mm. So yes, Zigong traveled uh, and and on his on the road, he saw an old man preparing his fields for planting. So you know he tried very hard to hollow out an opening by which he entered a well, and from which he then emerged, you know, lugging a, a pitcher which he carried out to water the fields. So Zigong said, "This is you know a, a lot of work." So actually, there's a machine for this, he told the old man. Uh, so the, the gardener, uh, this old man, you know, raised his head and looked at Zigong and said, so how does it work? So Zigong, you know, took some time to describe how that, you know, that uh, instrument works. Mm -hmm. Then the old man flushed with anger and then said with a laugh, you know, I've heard my teacher say, where there are machines, they are bound to be machine worries. Where there are machine worries, they are bound to be machine hearts. So with a machine heart, xing, in your breast, you've pretty much spoiled what was pure and simple. And without the pure and simple, the life of the spirit knows no rest. Where the life of the spirit knows no rest, the way Tao will cease to you know, boil you up. So it's not that I don't know about your machine. I would be ashamed to use it. So this story is really like a, you know, revealing because you know it's a it's a conversation between you know, a Confucian and a, and, and a Taoist. That old man sounds like mm -hmm. a Taoist gardener. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he described this relationship between the machine, let's say the technology, mm -hmm. and the machine heart the technology creates. You know, I remember that uh, 
Henry David Thoreau also had a saying like we become the we've become the tools of the tools we you know created mm -hmm. so this kind of an interactive relationship between technology and a human being like us I find it in interesting so you know I wonder to I want uh, you know I, I I was wondering you know what's your opinion about um you know I raised the question you know the technology some people say you know it's 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 our problem. It's human problem. And the technology, like money, like all kinds of creation, mm -hmm. uh, they're neutral. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Do you think that, for, first of all, is technology neutral? And secondly, do you think technology, you know, we create that technology, to what extent that, that technology affect the way we we think about things, we interact with other people. I think it's naive to say that technology is neutral because, mm. and I think where people get messed up is that they, they look at a computer, for example, made right. of material goods just sitting on a bed and say, well, that computer doesn't have a will of its own that it's just sitting there. It's neutral until someone sits down and exerts some will on it to do something. And then mm -hmm. that's the thing that's either um, good or bad or whatever kind of value-laden words you want to use. But the reality is, is that technology comes from the human heart and the human heart is not neutral. Mm, right. Yeah, you're right. So, so how can if, if the human heart isn't neutral, then obviously technology is is not neutral. I mean, nuclear technology came from the human heart to destroy. So it's mm -hmm. not it's not neutral. I mean, it's that's well, that's what its purpose is. So, um. Now, can you say other technology has different, you know, aims? Like, yes, yeah, like a knife. Let's say right. a knife is made to cut something, right? Cut yep. vegetables or cut some, you know, wood or, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, let's look at the Internet. I mean, even if it was um, intended to connect... I mean, those initial re research was still part of the mil the military, and so you can imagine, you know, military intent is going to be for some type of control. Right. So, um, and I think that's what we're seeing. Ultimately, even though you know the internet got released into the the public, it's 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 initial intent that could connecting but through that connection to mm -hmm. control to um you know it wasn't you know to set everyone free i'm sure that that technology was was made right that's a good point so okay so, so your point is technology you know it's naive to think that technology is new uh, technology is neutral yeah. And then when technology is getting used, you know, I was wondering, you know, just like in this story, do you think that also kind of uh, 
change people in some way. Um, oh yeah. For the for the better or for worse? What how how does that happen? Like say how uh you know he used the in in this story, you know, the old man used the word machine heart. It's almost yeah. like a metaphor, right? What yeah. kind of heart is a machine heart? Well, it's 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 kind of dead inside, right? Like a machine doesn't have an aliveness or a spirit, so it's kind of right. deadened. Right. Um, it, it's okay, also, so that's one dimension of it. It's it's a it's it, a dead heart. Okay, no life, lifeless, and you know, and 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 e easily controlled, right? So like, yeah, easily controlled. Yeah. That's probably the biggest one. I'd say a machine heart is e easily controlled. How about shortcuts? Because I feel like in here, you know, when you start to think, oh, you know, is there a way to make a li my life easier? Certainly use, you know, like what the old man did. You know, he, you know, he basically physically, man manually, you know, do the the lifting of the water from the well. Now he has a machine. Does that machine heart, you know, kind of encourage people to look for more and more shortcuts? Well, I think efficiency is definitely mm. part of machines. And then it's like, what's that efficiency in the service of? And, and obviously in our society, that efficiency is used to create wealth for a yeah. very small number yeah. of people. And everybody who's pushing the machines around is, you know, they're, they're an extension of the machines. They're not, they're not the free capitalists at the top of the, of the economic system. They're right. essentially just part of the machine. Right. I sort of find that the, original intent can be pretty innocent, but it's how that intent gets in, evolved or morphed into something else. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Like, naturally, we all want to, you know, make things easier for us, right? So we mm -hmm. want to, you know, I, I think, in this story, it's really a dramatic story that mm -hmm. I think the Bronze mm -hmm. is trying to, um, mm -hmm. you know, tr tr trying to uh, send a message to people, right? Yeah. So, what do you think the message is? Well, he he warns the danger of using the machine. I do not. I I sort of feel like he did. He really mean like we cannot use. I mean, in those days during Zhuang time or Lao Tzu's time, um, human beings, you know, not as technology sophisticated as, uh, as we are today, but I'm sure they had something to make help make their life easier. But can they take a view that say, oh, those things are bad and corrupting humanity? Well, I think the hard question to answer, and I think because it's, it, if we haven't, experienced it or embodied it we don't even know i think the question is what do we lose right when we, when we adopt 
that machine heart, like what gets lost. And I think the problem is, is that more and more people don't even know what we lose because they're not even aware of what they've lost. Right. What he was, you know, he was said, what he said here is something inside us that's pure and simple. Yep. But what is that pure and simple, right? Yep. How does that pure and simple affect, you know, the different parts of our life? Yeah. What, what's it like to live that way? How do you, how does one experience it to even know the consequence of this corrupting technology? I think most people don't even know. Why do you think they don't know? Because they were born. They were not born into the simple and pure, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, like a, a way of living was lost that they will never even encounter. So they don't even know what they've lost. Okay. But can you use maybe your personal experience to, uh, you know, to, to, to um, let's say, to guess what might be loose? Let's say use your life experience. You know, when you were a kid, right, you had a certain set of technologies. Now, at this point of your life, you have technologies. Mm -hmm. Do you think... You know, we, we cannot go back to where when Zhuangzi and the Laozi lived, right? So we, right. we don't, we haven't experienced that pure and simple. But, you know, I, the Tao is ageless, right? Yep. It's timeless. Mm -hmm. So just from our little snapshot of our life, is there anything you think is lost, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think he, even... If we think about it as yeah. that, that that childlike playfulness in the human heart, yeah, yeah, that that is timeless, that isn't worried about hours, minutes, seconds, isn't worried about ideas like political ideas and mm -hmm. all of these yeah. th thoughts. Because, you know, kind of going back to Krishnamurti again, how thoughts separate, how thinking yeah. separates us. And, you know, even going back to, you know, before we were taught about differences between people and all the value judgments of, you know, skin color, gender, race, etc. Right. And just that pure, playful way of being in existence that's still possible even within this technological technology driven world that we're in but it is so hard to get into that state because we're constantly being sucked back into you know this technological machine right but, but for drawing from my own life like e even this summer the mornings where I would just go down to the the lake and yes. with no, again no agenda, not expecting anything, it just being s slow, yeah, yeah, open, and just following nature in the moment wherever the senses follow. If I hear a bird and that sounds interesting going in that direction. If something catches my eye, 
following that sign and going that direction. I mean, following the signs of, of nature instead of following the things from this machine, from this technological machine. I see. I can't relate to that. Uh, when I, you know, when, when there were so few technologies, uh, when I grew up in China, I think the childhood, you know, was full of memories of, you know, playing with other kids, right? That's not, you know, sitting in front of my own machine and uh, use that as a medium <laughs> to interact with other people just, you know, directly, you know, just play together, sometimes fight together. Yeah. So those are good memories. The other interesting thing about uh, writing letters, you know, I miss that art because mm -hmm. I remember um, when I traveled to this country, you know, my dad in China, back in China, you know, at night, you know, he was a smoker, so he smoked and also at the same time just collected his thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my mom, you know, sometimes he asked my mom, like, what he wanted to say to me. So mm -hmm. really, like, taking that time, uh, you know, to write our thoughts and feelings down and also the sense of anticipation. You know, I was studying at Harvard and there's all these mailboxes and after dinner, you know, I went there and see, oh, the, so the letter is still, you know, on, on its way. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I opened that letter box again. So, you know, those simple things, you know, without, you know, quick email or even yeah. nowadays it's like the, the video chat, uh, I feel like a lot of things were lost. Uh, just the time yep. to take to put our thoughts together, the time ta it takes for the letter to travel to me over that physical distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's made everything so Precious. superficial. Yeah, but now, yeah, but at that time. I feel like those are very precious feelings, you know, but now yeah, everything is completely. cheapening. It's like, yep. yeah, che cheapened, superficial, efficient. So, you know, the communication now, because everybody can communicate all the time, it's superficial. What are you doing? Having lunch. Oh, what are you eating? A ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you another question. You know, the do you think, you know, I think in our technology world, there's an underlying assumption is, you know, once something new, you know, some technology that is new is created, uh, it should be made available to everyone. Because that probably is rooted in the democratic ideas, right? So everyone, you know, has that. But the thing I, I sometimes I, I observe that truthfully, not everyone is ready. Mm. But then, of course, the democratic idea will say, who are you to make mm. such a judgment? But mm -hmm. the reality is, it is true that sometimes that some people are mature to use a tool to make life better. Right. But some That's people right. who are not grown up, they, 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 they just use it to make a mess. Yeah. Do you do you? But I feel it, it it sort of conflicts with a fundamental idea that technology should be made to everyone because everyone is equal. 
-hmm. I think that creates a lot of chaos when we deploy technology. Do you think that's part of the problem too? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we talk a lot uh, when we're talking about Taoist thought. We talk about dis discernment, okay, yeah, and and noticing the small, subtle things. Well, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. That there used to be this thinking with with standards and you know apprenticeships. It was all about identifying. What someone's skill level is, and yeah. you, know, you you gradually refine them until they're the master instead of the right. apprentice. Right. And it's like, and that master is not like the you know hierarchical in the sense, right? Uh, you know that we think about the class, right? Right. Exactly. It's more of readiness, yes, and maturity. Yes. And because we're so class conscious and status conscious now, we've conflated that with just standards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you, you have to have, you have to have standards. You have to have discernment of who is capable and who is not capable. I mean, that's why you don't let five-year-olds play at the edge of a cliff. Right, right, right. You know, I know it's uh, it's almost like politically incorrect. Exactly. To, you know, to raise this question. Uh, at the same time, I feel like I have a, uh, and I don't want to call it a cynical idea. I think maybe, you know, to make it available to everyone is also very profit-driven. If you yep. see what I mean, like, you know, I read the history about how automobiles were available in this country. And I happened to listen to, you know, the story about Henry Ford and mm -hmm. he wanted to make at that time, make, you know, Model T available to every American. So mm -hmm. it, is that kind of also inter intertwined with this equality thing, you know, because by making it to more people, Economically speaking, you reach the economy of scale, you know, you can make more money. So I don't know, uh, you know, like, because one is an ideal, mm -hmm. like say we are all equal with humans, we are all equal. So we, why certain people mm -hmm. should get that and I don't get that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I was wondering whether, you know, it's just that that idea of equality is really... Uh, fundamentally like consciously or unconsciously driven by profit motive because i think in this you country, make it a bit right because i mean common sense tells you four and five year olds shouldn't have smartphones and be connected to the internet or even probably nine and ten year olds i mean it's probably not responsible even for them but you know once marketers get those products in the hands of enough people, mm -hmm. then it becomes a matter of parents don't feel like they have a choice. It's like, oh, well, you know, yeah, my, yeah. My nine year old sure. kid, this kid has it. Why, why my kid, you know, doesn't have it. So then, yeah, it, it becomes a, 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 again, a war between 
the corporations and what's good for society. And in this day and age, I can tell you, you know, the corporations are going to win. The, the marketing is going to win. And, you know, you're going to have a country with everyone has a smartphone, whether or not they should have one or not. Right, right. So living in these realities, what do you think is the, you know, personally, you know, we can do to uh, maximize, you know, the conveniences, the, you know, the uh, opportunities and benefits of the technology, but at the same time, minimize all these side effects? Yeah, I think being deliberate about taking time to get away from technology as much as you can, I think is a good idea. Ha making mm -hmm. sure that there's time where just being out in natural rhythms, again, with no agenda, just slowing down, just paying it, like letting yourself be absorbed by nature is really important. Um, might even mean keeping track of technology use. It might mean, um, you know, I'll track how much time I'm using and, you know, put, you can have, um, on your phone, you can, you can put the limits on how, how long you can use an app each day and that sort of thing. I think all those things are, are helpful. Just e even just reminders of, um, what we, what we want out of our technology and when it becomes excessive. I think all those places are good places to, to start. I mean, there's no, um, there's no limit on creative ways of, of trying to, to navigate that things that I like to do. I like to make spreadsheets where I kind of track different key things like internet use and, Mm -hmm. just again, it's, it's that mental intention of, yes, I, I have to live in this world. I can't just be someone who doesn't use technology, but I do want to be aware that it's having an impact on me. It's shaping my mind and how I'm experiencing life. And any of those things to keep me aware of that, I think are important. So, you know, tracking the, the app, use tracking mm -hmm. things um other ways it's just it's a good idea i mean you don't have to do it but um i think doing that keeps that intention alive of trying to create that balance right the moderation, moderation. and the discernment right or good judgment yeah 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 i mean those are those are the main things and then you know again like having hobbies that it involve nature and the outdoors and not using technology, that's super important. I mean, I like, I grew up on video games, like a lot of people my age, and obviously the video games have only gotten better and better. I don't play video games very much any anymore, but sometimes it's still fun to play. Right. But I think it's important to, again, keep track of it, make sure that, you're at least balancing it with some kind of, you know, moving your body in nature according to nature's rhythms and not just always according to a computer.
Right, right, right. It seems like uh, taking that step uh, to experience nature or do other things beyond technology is very important because it's almost like. So sometimes I see that technology has a way of making you feel like, you know, suck you in. It's like a black hole, right? Mm -hmm. So break that cycle. Yeah. It's kind of important. Yeah. And I guess to to that point, it's probably important um, just, you know, in in a couple of weeks, like I'm I'm taking a little break and a break from technology for several weeks and, you know, where I won't be in, in that technological world or, or system that I'm used to. And I really am looking forward to it. I can't wait to, to get into that and just, you know, not be tethered to the internet, not be tethered to computers and machines. Right. And just be in nature for an extended amount of time. Right. That's good. Well, with that positive note, uh, we're, you know, uh, coming to the end of this, uh, this conversation and our, you know, uh, time. And I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts and for carrying this conversation together, you know, virtually with our listeners. Thank you.